Hello, beautiful souls and amazing energies. Welcome to season two, episode three of the Moments with Manifesting Mama R.I. podcast. Um, Today, I have a very special guest. If you've been following my stories, you know I've been talking about him. His name is Sean Energy, and he is um, a master um, of meditation and a spiritual master and energy master. And he is amazing. And, um, I love him on both a professional and a personal level. Um, nothing but the utmost respect for him. Um, so we're going to be talking about a bunch of stuff and, uh, heavily talking about meditation. He's going to go through some, uh, guided meditation with you all. So I'm super, super excited for this episode. Um, at the end of the episode, if we have some time, I will do a quick Oracle card reading for the collective as I like to do, but, um, I'm too excited and I can't wait anymore. So let's go meet Sean. Okay, guys, so I'm super, super excited to finally introduce officially Sean Energy, um, spiritual um, energy healer, creator of Monk on the Mountain podcast and One World Peace Online. And you can also find his YouTube channel, Cosmic Temple. So everyone, meet Sean Energy. Hey, thank you very much, Christine. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so we recorded for your podcast, Monk on the Mountain, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was kind of toying with the idea of maybe waiting to um, air this till after you aired yours, but I'm kind of feeling opposite now and like it doesn't really matter. So I think I'm gonna air this like tomorrow, um, but I'm super excited to have you on. And I know that one of the main things that stuck with me um, with talking with you and from our um, episode that we did on your podcast was your knowledge base and um, ability and just like sheer genius when it comes to meditation. Um, so I want to just give you a chance to kind of give your backstory a little bit, let people know who you are, kind of how you got into the spiritual side of things, and then hopefully we can dive on into the meditation world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I completely appreciate, you know, your compliment and, and acknowledgement of, of my journey and, and what it, you know, where I'm at now, because it's, it's always like humbling to hear how I'm received from other people because just like anybody else you know we're always like looking out and the deeper that we can look in the deeper that we can know ourselves and when we're we're experiencing relationships with other people that are pure mirrors you know it helps us learn more about ourselves so so thank you very much for the kind words and, and introduction so for me absolutely yeah for me it actually started um in my childhood so when I was a young child, I actually remember the very first moment of my human life. And it always stuck with me throughout my life. Like there was this moment when I was, I think I was like, like two years old and I opened my eyes and I was there. And I remember in that moment thinking like, where was I just like, where was I just like, I don't remember where I was, but I knew I, I it was just like this weird experience of like my first eyes being opened. 
And I was like a very small, very small person. And I knew who my mom was and I knew who my dad was. And I recognized like my home, but I, there was this like this weird thing. And like that following like couple moments in my life, like days and weeks and stuff, I kept trying to like think about how this all started. <laughs> like, where was I? Like, I, I just like had this like experience of just coming into like uh, awareness um, as a human being. So I don't know if that's congruent with other people's testimonies and, and things of people that have had that, but that was my experience. So as a young child, um, I used to meditate and I had never been taught how to meditate. I think I may have seen it in like a film or something, but like, and no one ever taught me how to meditate, but I, I used to meditate. That was something that I was just like, I did as a child and I didn't do it for a purpose. I didn't do it for any reason, but as a small child, I would go inward, I would close my eyes and I would silence my thoughts and I would, I would experience my awareness. And that kind of led me to having some experiences as a child that were unexplainable and um, metaphysical and supernatural. And when I would tell like my family about it, my dad mostly, um, he would explain to me that like he also had experiences when he was a child and his mother had experiences as well. And he used to call it the sight. That's how he described it. And for him, he looked at it like it was a burden, like it was a burden to carry um, this type of experience through the world because most people wouldn't understand it. And the world doesn't really support things that aren't like physically tangible. So he kind of like made me keep it guarded and not really like explore it that much because he didn't want me to be like, you know, cast out of society or like he was he was a fun dude. He used to think I was going to get abducted by the government and they would run tests on me if I told them about some of the things that were happening. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that never happened. But um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, um, I would experiment when I was a kid with like thought transfer. Um, or like manipulating like the minds of people around me through like intense thought and focus. And that was another thing I would tell my dad that I was doing and he would always get like really upset with me. Like, you can't do that. Like you can't use your abilities like this. Like it's, it's dangerous and, and whatnot. So like there was always like this stigma around my, my like evolution um, when I was young. So it kind of like stifled, I guess, if that's the word, stifled uh, my growth in a way. But also as a child, like you're still just like, very imaginative, very playful, like, you know, nothing's really that serious. So then um, my dad ended up getting sick. He ended up uh, getting cancer, stage four cancer from smoking cigarettes. And he passed away within 31 days of him being diagnosed. So it was a late diagnosis. It went extremely bad, extremely fast. And we ended up having to take him off of life support. And I was 16 years old. And this singular experience uh, put me and my whole family into what many uh, common, like they use the dark night of the soul, you know, as a common phrase, like when you're in like a complete separation and, and very destroyed, shattered uh, experience of self. So my whole family was in this, like my mom and my two brothers, they were younger than me. I was 16. They were 11 and 12 in that age. And my mom, she was like a stay-at-home mom before that. You know, she she was the homemaker. My dad was the breadwinner. So we had, and this was in the the early 2000s. So like, I'm I was born in the 80s, which is like like the Stone Age now compared to the, the world that we live in <laughs> 80s now. Babies. You know, yeah, 80s baby. I'm 34 years old, but as a child, it was it was a different world. So um, when my dad passed away, it was really hard for for my whole family. 
and a, and a number of years went by where I wasn't very like spiritually attuned, but I did tell my dad on his deathbed that I would find him again. And I, I believe that. And, um, years later, like I went to university and after, um, after college, I was like in a relationship that was like really destructive, um, to me. And I ended up leaving that relationship and I realized like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I, I don't even know who I am. I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know what to do with myself. Like I was just completely, completely lost. And um, I remembered that when I was a kid that I used to uh, meditate. <clears throat> Excuse me. I remember when I was a kid, I used to meditate. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm going back to when I was a kid and I used to meditate and I started meditating again. And that singular decision changed my entire life. It was like, it just re it course corrected everything in such a major way that it, it, the the groundbreaking realizations that I had and the the transformation that I had within myself was enormous. So before you know, I the transformation aspect of it, I was like, I'm just gonna get back into meditation. So I started googling like how to meditate, like what you know, some different techniques and stuff. Because at this time now, there was like resources and things, and I, I saw some some techniques and I started learning about chakras and I started learning about like Sanskrit terminology of different spiritual philosophies and things. And mind you, I didn't even realize that I was being spiritual at that time. I, I call that the S word. <laughs> like I never heard like the S word before. Um, in, in that regard, I was just doing meditation and I stumbled upon the Monroe Institute and the work of uh, Robert Monroe who founded the Institute and they're like the most leading cutting edge uh, facility that studies uh, consciousness on a, on a scientific level with the scientific method and, and research techniques and, and what have you. And they had developed this uh, technology called HemiSync, which um, aligns like the brain frequency to be in certain states of thinking or being. And they also had these techniques for getting out of body. Um, having out-of-body experiences or like um, they called it astral travel. I, I like to refer to it as soul travel now. So I had read that, well, I got his book, The Journeys Out-of-Body Book, and I read that if you are a person that can uh, have these experiences that you can reunite with lost loved ones, you can meet like your loved ones that have passed on on the other side and have reunion with that. So that became an obsession for me. Um, cause I was still grieving heavily over you the loss of my father. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to see my dad again. And that was like the singular driving force of everything. Then it, it wasn't even about meditation. It wasn't about anything. It was literally about just following, um, all the, the techniques and the guidance and the discipline to, um, to get out of body, to have an out of body experience. So I pursued this for, for months with like absolute discipline. Like I did everything that they said to do. And I started having the onset of these experiences, which was going into a vibrational state of being where you feel like a physical, non-physical vibration occur within you. And um, going through those, those like things that people who know what I'm talking about will know. But if you don't know, when you're shifting consciousness, you have like physical feelings that also go along with it. Um, and those physical feelings are very different than anything you ever felt in your life. So I ended up, making it out of body my first time and I, I was successfully like detached from the physical my physical body was there on my bed i was like in my soul form and i like jumped through the wall out my 
like house wall and i went down on the ground and out in the yard i saw a dog in my yard and the dog was my dad's dog her name was candy she was an albino shepherd and i saw that this dog had passed away years before my dad even passed away but i saw the dog like running in my yard this is so crazy to even tell this story but like i can still see it so so clearly so i see the dog and i realize it's candy and then I, I look to the right and my father is standing right there like less than like 10 feet away from me and he looks like beaming he looks young and he looked healthy and he was happy and um he asked me what took me so long and uh we embraced each other this hug this hug was life-changing because in that moment i experienced that he still existed that he wasn't a obliterated you know like his soul continued on and i had the experience of that not just like the intellectual belief of it or the the hope of it but i had the actual experience of it so we spoke for such a short period of time but he gave me a message from my mom and uh i phased back into my human body and i was sobbing <laughs> just like crying tears of uh exhilaration and and happiness and healing and i was transformed you know i was transformed in in that moment of experience like my my image of self and my my image of the world and and of consciousness had changed so much from that singular experience so it was like i could never take the shape of who I was before that, you know, like I, I literally had an expansion of consciousness through that moment. And um, it, it just forever changed me. So basically, from that, I realized that like the healing that I had from that experience, I realized that like every single person deserves to have that, that experience and to have that healing. So it's like, if it could happen for me, it could happen for anyone and everyone. And the trauma of loss of losing our loved ones is one of the main debilitating traumas we experience in our lives. And as we lose more people that we love, it, it like carries on and it, it builds up to the point where people are carrying deep depression and sadness within themselves because of the loss of their loved ones throughout their lives. So it became really important to me to start to spread that message and to start telling people about these experiences. Well, 11 years ago nobody wanted to hear about this <laughs> like nobody was willing to hear about it and some people even would get like really upset with me or like offended and and people that were religious like it, it didn't go along with their view of of the afterlife and of heaven and stuff and it caused like a lot of contention in my life actually where i was trying to just share with everybody this magnificent transformation and this healing that i had because i wanted everybody to have this healing a lot of people weren't weren't about it even like members of my own family like when i told them i met my dad again in the hereafter and it was so healing for me like they they got upset you know like like that i was like not telling the truth or that i was like you know crazy and um many prophets okay. were shunned yeah yeah and they they burnt witches not too long ago too <laughs> so, yeah so basically just to wrap that up that experience changed me i wanted to then pursue this more because i had realized that like the person i was before i started trying to get out of body i wasn't even that person anymore i was a completely different person because of all the meditation 
all of the focus, all of the intent, everything that I was trying to do, it changed me because I was trying to do it all the time. And then I realized that everybody deserves this. Everybody does. It's their birthright to know the, the truth of themselves. And I want to give that to them. We should pause for a second while this goes by so you can edit this out. It might be okay too, because there was just a siren that I heard outside. I didn't want to come into the, into the audio here, but yeah, I wanted to give everybody this message and I wanted to, de to deliver it to them. And uh, the foundation of, of all of that was, was meditation. And I remember after that, I was telling a girl that I was dating about my experiences and stuff. And I, I met her mom and her mom was like, oh, this is the spiritual boy. And that was the first time that anybody ever called me spiritual. I never heard it before. I never thought of it like that before. I never thought of it like spirit. It was like I was I had a selfish desire of of meeting my dad again. Like that was all it was. Like I wanted to see my dad again. That was like my whole focus. But then I learned that I had become spiritual. So how in in your opinion or your experience does um, meditation parallel with dreams because um, similarly to you, my dad also passed away young of lung cancer. Um, I was 22, mm. but my brother who also passed away, he was 16 um, and it was very quick. It was like November, we found out April, he was gone. Um, no, so not as quick as your dad, but still very quick, very similar kind mm. of situation. Um, and I also feel like uh, losing my dad is kind of like the tragic event or the big catalyst of my life that kind of got me more into the spiritual world as well. Um, and I actually have had dreams and in the dreams, like I'm questioning why my dad is there because like in the dream, I know he's dead. Like I know he's not supposed to be there. And then like in another dream, I was he was there it was like all my family in like a big room um and then they didn't notice he left but like i noticed him like walking out of the room and leaving everyone else is still laughing and and you know being together and i notice him leave and i'm watching him and he goes like into another room and he opens the door and i'm watching him and he just like looks at me and he's like it's okay it's okay and he lays down on a bed and he goes to sleep and then like, I wake up, but like, you know, I've had these experiences where he's in the dreams, but I'm like, but I know you're dead. So how, how does that parallel, if at all, do you think? Oh, it definitely parallels. And like, there's, there's a lot of layers to the question you're asking. So the first thing is like, we have to identify to ourselves like, what is a dream? Okay. So like, there's a couple layers of dreaming. So there's like unconscious dreaming where you're having a dream and you don't realize that you're dreaming like you it's just like this experience to you where even though the weirdest thing could be happening like your dad being alive when you know he's not that in the dream it's not enough to like wake you up you know um not physically but wake you up like something's up here like this is a different this is a different state of reality so when you're having a dream right you're exact you're existing in another dimension of reality even if that dimension is created within your brain or within your mind, that is still a different dimension of reality than the physical dimension that we're in right now. So when you think about what your soul is, your soul is connected to the higher mind of God and to the, the universal power of all creation. Your soul is part of one of the, it is one of the creations of, of all creation. Your soul is. So, so are your thoughts. 
so are your dreams. The souls of our loved ones are also a part, and it's also connected to the higher mind of God that we're all connected to. So when you're having a dream, a lot of times our dreams offer us like a way to take some of the pressure off. Like if you have a lot of sadness from missing somebody, like you'll have a dream where you get to see that person. And that dream offers you to take some of that, that pressure out to release some of that, that pain and that sadness. And it offers you a lot of healing. So the other thing, and I still have these dreams to this day, this is like 18 years later, we actually celebrated 18 years on January 18th, which is this year. That's that my son's away. birthday. There you go. Synchronicity. Guys. We are there. been in synchronicity from the moment we started talking, John. So. Yeah. Yeah. So for all you guys at home, there you go. There's an ultra synchronicity right there. there. There's go. an example of it. It's 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 live. It's recorded and it's beautiful and magnificent. Yeah, so you can't you can't we make curse on my up. podcast. That's cool. That's cool. We do now, too, after I interviewed you. So <laughs> it's funny. Oh, my God. next guest cursed, too. And I was like, whatever. We already we already popped the top on that one. So sailor. Yeah. So anyway, um, now a lot of times your dreams could be offering you something that's so strange that it gives you the ability to wake up within your dream and to come into full consciousness, full awareness. So I'm a huge proponent of working in the dream worlds. Working in the dream worlds is as important as working in consciousness in every form. Sometimes I like lucid dream and I, in my lucid dreams, I'll meditate in my lucid dreams. So I'll wake up within the dream, realize that I'm dreaming, and then I'll go into meditation in my dreams. So that's like a whole nother thing. But to bring it back to like seeing your father in your dreams, it could be a lot of things. Like one thing it could be is like giving you a feeling of like the love that you need and, and that experience of seeing your dad to, to know he's okay and for you to experience that. The other thing is you could be getting a dream signal, which is something that's just so not uh, parallel with your human life, that it has to be a dream world. It has to be another physical, uh, non-physical dimension or like another dimension of consciousness. And what's supposed to happen is if you recognize that this is not supposed to happen, like this isn't real in my physical life, then you'll bring your awareness, your full awareness into the dream. And I call it waking up in your dream. So when you wake up in your dream, imagine if like when you're first dreaming, you have like 20 to 30% of your awareness in the dream where you're just like kind of floating through, you're watching things happen, you're like a part of it, not part of it. We'll say like 100% of your consciousness is like how me and you are right here right now talking, how there's like 100% of us here where it's like we're not going anywhere. Like this is like where we're at, we're focused. This is the physical world. I could touch things. I could feel things. I'm in it fully. By waking up in your dreams, you bring 100% of your consciousness into the dream then. Now... If you bring 100% of your consciousness into the dream, now you can look on the figure of your father and you could see if that is your dad's spirit communicating with you, if you're having like a connection experience, or if that was a dream signal that was just supposed to give you the opportunity to wake up in your dreams. Because the dream worlds are connected to like the causal states of reality, which are thought responsive. So when we're um, in the dreams, we have the ability to create within the dream worlds and also experience more of our unlimited soul nature through the dream experience also if you wake up in the dream worlds you're now connecting uh to the higher dimensions of reality and the astral so it's like you can go from a sleep to a regular dream to a lucid dream to an out-of-body experience very simply and clearly if you understand the dynamic of it 
And if you, you've trained yourself in your meditations and in like, your experience of your, your consciousness through subconscious programming, I know that sounds crazy, but the, like the, these, there's techniques and books and resources, and, and I'm a resource myself to anybody that ever wants to learn this stuff. It's as simple as breathing and thinking and knowing. It's, not, it's way easier than a lot of other aspects of our life. So what's crazy to me is like, I typically do not remember my dreams. And when I do remember them, it's because I was like fully in the dream, fully active. Like when the dream was happening, it was so real. And like in the dream with my dad, like my older brother was there too, but like, it was as if they had been pulled from the past into the future. And like, I remember pulling my phone out and showing my brother, like, pictures of his son and being like, look, you have a son, like, you know, and show, and then like, I did have a dream after my brother passed away. And it was like, so like when someone passes away young, you know, uh, hopefully you never had to go to a funeral or a wake for someone who passed away young. But if you ever had to, you know, that it's like the massive amount of people that show up, like there's no room to even walk. So picture like a giant auditorium and it's just filled with people. And it was like, you know, familiar faces. Like I knew it was his friends and family. And it was like, then my brother was there and he's like, they're letting me come back and say goodbye because I didn't get to say goodbye. And he's like doing his rounds. He like came to me, gave me a hug. And then he's like seeing all his other friends saying goodbye and everything. And then like, he came to me and he's like, listen, I have to go now but like, you're going to be okay. And, and I'm like, just know that, you know, I got to tell him like, I'm going to miss you. No, I'm going to miss you. And like, it felt so real. Like in that moment, like I could feel it. I was, I was hugging him. I could smell him. Like, so whenever I have dreams, they're either like premonition, like, of that's something that's going to happen or because like they were so real, like I was in it right then and there. So like, is that kind of what an out of body is like too? Like it feels like how reality feels? Yeah, that's a great question. And just to touch on some of the things that you said there, like let's let's define real, you know? Like what is real? A lot of times our intellect and our human ego needs something to be able to be seen or to be able to touch or for someone else to be able to experience it as well for us to define it as real. We can't see the air, but we depend on it and it supports us. We know that the air is real and the weight of it is crushing and the speed of it is shattering. So we believe in the air. The air is real. When you were in that experience with your brother, you smelled him, you held him, you touched him, you felt emotions. When you woke up, you still maintained those emotions. That was real. It doesn't have to be real where it's like somebody else validates your experience for it to be real. I think that the word real and fake is just like our ego is trying to decide some, some game that it plays within itself, but we have to stop worrying about what's real and what's not. Even if like you're a person that like dives into like the psychic aspect of life and like you get different intuitions and you're like, well, this is my thought. This is how I feel. Like, was that real? It's like, well, you had the thought. The thought was real. Was it like exactly what you thought it was? Maybe, maybe not. But the experiences are real. The real experience might be that you're right or wrong, but all the experiences that you have as an individual are real. So the next thing is you reminded me of a dream that I had, like when I was younger and my dad passed away, I had a dream that I was at his funeral and there was a lot of people there 
and I could see him at the funeral. Like he was talking to people and I seen him across the room. And then I was like trying to get through all the people to get to him. And then he wasn't there. And then I'd look over and he was, he was like on another side of the room talking to someone else. And like, I was trying to find, like I was telling my brothers and stuff. I was like, dad's here. He's here. He's alive. Like he's here. And I kept trying to get to him so I could talk to him and, and, and find him. Um, but he, you know, he, he had, he'd passed on like in the dream. I never got to him, but you just reminded me of that dream. So the other thing is you asked, um, is it like that in the astral, uh, the out of body experiences? Is it similar to a dream? I would say that it's, it's similar, but it's very unique and very, very different as well, because like, we're going to go into our dreams several, several times in our life. The out of body techniques needed to have like a soul traveling experience are very specific. And there's like a specific onset uh, that happens before the experience takes place that is like quantifiable, provable through the scientific method of, of um, repetitive results. And uh, the part of it where it's like in a dream, you may not be there 100% of consciousness. Like when you initiate an out of body experience within reality, of consciousness, you're there. And it's as real as touchable. It's actually more real. It's actually brighter. It's actually more full. Like I had an out of body experience um, on the 13th of January. It's like two weeks ago. And uh, long story short, I was outside of my body and I had flown toward like some nature, some bushes. And when I got over to those bushes, the bushes were glowing with like the veins of the bushes were glowing with this soft green light, like this beautiful green soft light that was emanating out of them. And I could feel like the energy of the life in the bushes. And like, it just had this whole quality of life to it that like I never experienced in the physical world. You know, when you see a plant or you see a bush, you don't, you don't really see um, the life force flowing through it. But if you use your energy work and your energy hand, and you feel toward toward the toward nature you can totally feel it emanating a pressure of life force you know from all life but in the astral i visually perceived that it was reality to me um the other part of it is when you're having an out-of-body experience th the, there's no rules man <laughs> there's no there's it's literally unlimited limitless you don't know what's going to happen where you're going to go what you're going to see you can guide it and you can direct it and through like constant um, dedication and discipline, you can become a master of it and have extremely profound experiences. I recommend if anybody wants to get into this stuff, you, there's a beautiful audiobook. It's called Adventures Beyond the Body by William Buhlman. And in that book are countless techniques, countless testimonials, and a, a ton of resource in there that if you follow those techniques, you're going to have experiences. So I, I like to point people toward that. And, and William Buhlman is one of the top students of Robert Monroe, who I uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast. So I'm not the only one. You know, there's a whole community of people out there doing this work. It's just not commonplace um, in, in the mainstream. But for anybody that wants to have enormous spiritual transformation, that is that is the most direct way and it's so real i'll tell you this it's so real it's so transformative it's so impactful that it doesn't matter what anybody says about your experience when you try to share this stuff with people if there's any sense of disbelief in them you just kind of feel like a sense of like 
it's okay, young child. <laughs> like, it's okay. Young grasshopper. It's you okay, young grasshopper. Yeah. So, okay. For those people who are interested in maybe being able to have an out-of-body experience like this, let's kind of bring it back to the basics. And what mm -hmm. would your advice be for someone who is really ready to dive in and wants to start practicing meditation and making it a part of their everyday life? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you asked that because meditation is, is the foundation. It's the backbone of your entire spiritual structure. And a lot of people struggle with meditation because they've they have a lot of ideas in their mind that are constantly flowing around them and, and, and flowing through them. So one of the things that we have to understand in meditation is like, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? So in meditation, we're trying to hone our ability to maintain awareness and focus. And then for us to discover the source of our awareness, which is like our consciousness and our soul. So one of the things we have to realize when we attempt meditation, every single person that's going to sit down, close their eyes and go inward, they're going to be bombarded by their thoughts initially. So we have programmed our subconscious to think thoughts on repeat, like a checklist, like it's like a, a mental to-do list within ourselves, And that to-do list could be anything from mundane chores to finances, to relationships, to past traumas, all of it. And what's happened is the mental thoughts are psychic energy. So they're invisible psychic energy, but you can't say that your thoughts aren't real because you're having them. So let's suspend that part of it and just recognize that your thoughts are emanating. And like science has proven this, you know, they've put uh, sensors on people's mind and had them think and do things and the sensors show information. So we're creating energy in our thoughts. Now, if you've created the same energy over and over again, you've put psychic energy imprints into your field and you've programmed those imprints to be there all the time. So that's part of our ability as divine creators. You've literally created this like inside of your auric field, the energetic messages that you've basically desired and requested this whole time. So the first thing to do is to cleanse your auric field and to cleanse your mind of all the thoughts that you've had before. The way that you do that is you just go inward and you close your eyes and you begin to focus on your breath. So I always teach people the first thing to do is to just bring your awareness to focus, take a deep breath, breathing in through your nose, and then exhaling out of your nose. So the focus of breathing in and breathing out. And while you do that, you just watch. Watch the breath enter your body. Watch the breath leave your body. And also feel what it feels like as the breath fills you and as you exhale. So when you do this, I'll do it right now with you. We take a deep breath through our nose. We breathe from our belly up to our, to our lungs. And then we exhale full. And as you continue to breathe, I'll just speak with you. As you breathe in, feel how good it feels as your tissue expands. Feel how the air is received in yourself like you're literally gaining energy, you're gaining life force. Feel as you expel that energy, you emptying yourself, your physical body emptying, and also the desire for new breath, the desire for new life. Now, as we do this, we're experiencing observation. 
we're experiencing our silent intelligence, which is the part of us that we need to cultivate if we want to expand in any spiritual way. The first expansion that we should focus on isn't necessarily getting out of body. It should just be getting out of our mind. It should be getting out of our way. It should be able to cultivate a part of us that can be separate from all of the mental kind of trash that's like flowing through our observation day in and day out. That's like the big thing. So by bringing yourself to awareness and to focus, you're cultivating your ability to, to maintain that awareness and focus, if that makes sense. That is the very first step in meditation is just to clear your mind and come into awareness. Now, as a practical application to that, when we're experiencing our lives and we're going through all of the crazy stuff that's happening and, and everything that we're doing on a daily basis, when we have thoughts that are like not supporting our happiness or when we go into experiences with other people that we maybe, uh, they don't make us really happy or they're, they're disappointing, we could bring ourselves back to that awareness and then it sheds away all of the trauma and all of the emotions out of our ego state and allows us to be focused in the moment so that we can create from a place of intelligence and a place from a spiritually centered foundation, as opposed to reacting from our ego, which instantly has a response. It instantly has like its defenses. It instantly has its, its emotional or energetic counterpart to whatever it's experiencing. We're coming from a state of being in a higher mind, in higher consciousness, because we've practiced this. It's the same way as like if we practice anything, we become better at it and we can implement it. Like when you watch professional athletes, they've been practicing these moves their whole lives. It looks very simple for them. Like even like simple things like sprinting, like a sprinter has been sprinting thousands and thousands of times when it's ready for them to sprint, their body's already conditioned. Their mind is already conditioned. They're Muscle ready to go. Muscle memory, everything. Muscle memory, everything. Yeah. So like when you're building your foundation of meditation, when you meditate all the time, when you're cultivating awareness all the time, when it comes time for you to implement your awareness, when you're in like the struggle of life, it's right there. It's right there. And you're strong at it and you're powerful at it and you're grounded in it. And it rewards you because the one thing that I noticed in the beginning of my journey is I had been a certain way my whole life. Like certain people would say certain things. It would make me feel a certain way. And it was like a pattern. I could see it. I could see it through multiple people, through multiple events. But when I started meditating and taking it really seriously and taking my growth seriously, I noticed that when people said things, I wasn't affected the same way anymore. I, I was actually completely unaffected. And I had a completely different um, response and, and a more like wise response and a more calm response. And I was poised in the space of, of spiritual enlightenment that I'm communicating with God in form through everybody else and everybody else is having the same experience as me. And we're all in this together. And I love them. And, and if I could come from a place of love, if I can come from a place of acceptance and gratitude for my experience in all forms, then my words will be in alignment to that. My feeling state will be in alignment to that. My thoughts will be in alignment to that. And thus the experiences of others and the timeline that we're traveling together through my influence will be in alignment to that. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, for someone like me who suffers from anxiety, where you kind of, like you said, you can't, your thoughts can't shut off, like mm -hmm. to just have a break where you literally don't have the, the thoughts or the tasks or the to-do list or the I shoulda, woulda, couldas constantly like beating you down to have that break has been super, super helpful. And like, even though, um, you know, I, I, I don't do it for very long periods of time, even just 
that technique and the watching your breath and, and seeing how it feels and being able to just kind of shut everything else out for a little while has helped. And it's funny that you say um, about how you were for your whole life, because I actually had a conversation with my husband about like the way I react to things. And I've always kind of had like a defense mechanism, like to not even think about what I'm saying before I say it. And like, sometimes I'll say mean things, mm -hmm. like mean, hurtful things. And like, if I would have just taken a couple of seconds to like absorb and think and like not be so quick to react, like you, you know, you talk about, um, that wouldn't be the case. And so I've really been working on that, especially like, you know, when you're comfortable with someone like my husband, you know, we've been together for a long time. So, um, I guess you get to a place where you kind of feel like, not that it's right or that it should happen, but like, I know that if I say something mean to him, it's not like he's not going to talk to me anymore. You know what I mean? Like he, um, I guess kind Maybe. of, <laughs> he could go, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like, just being more mindful of like how my initial reaction like affects someone and even just like, being in more of a state of calm, whereas typically I'm more in like an agitated, anxious state. And, and because, like I said, just over this past couple of weeks, um, I don't know if it's a combination of doing the meditating and listening to your advice and, and really thinking about it, um, you know, from like your perspective, which is a perspective that I had never really thought about um, before when it came to meditation. And then like the whole 222 portal being open and that energetic shift. And like, I just felt like even though I had like a busy week internally, I had felt more calm. And that's just from doing like basic, small baby steps. So yeah. And don't, uh, don't undercount them. Like even, even though they're basic and small, it's like they're small in practice, but they're tremendous in effect. That's, that's the thing. And I want to start somewhere. Yeah. I, I, I pay you a lot of credit because the fact that you're doing those things and you're experiencing those, those, those changes in yourself are enormous because those are the things that will like give you the inspiration and, and discipline to keep going with it. So one of the things I want to touch on is like the anxiety aspect of it. So anxiety is so simple to get rid of. It's the most simple thing. Anxiety is fear of the future. It's fear of the future. And the way to get out of the fear of the future is to bring yourself to the present moment now, to bring yourself here right now. So I used to have anxiety attacks um, when I was younger. And I developed this like little technique in myself to like get through my anxiety attacks. Because anybody that has, has had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, they're like really physical. They're really severe. It's like really hard to snap yourself out of them. And like you get, you're really wired up. So I made this acronym out of my name. Okay. Um, and my name is Sean. It's spelled S-H-A-W-N. So when I was having an anxiety attack, I would ask myself, can I see? Can I hear? Am I awake? Can I wiggle? Then I'm not dying. <laughs> <laughs> And that was like, That's dude, that great. was it for me. I know. And it, it sounds so simple and so goofy, but the goofy part of it is like the energetic release that you need. Like, and what it really is, is I'm bringing myself into my senses. So I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm bringing myself into awareness. I'm wiggling a little bit. So I'm moving around. I got my capacity. I'm, I'm in control. I'm okay. And that was it. So it's like 
when you're going down the anxiety road, you're like, I got bills coming. These things are happening. This thing is uh, is late, like blah, 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 blah. So it's like you're, you, in your mind, it's like my world's crashing down. But if you stop thinking, just stop thinking and look around, everything's fine. It literally is fine. And it always is fine, no matter what. And the other advice I have for people is like, all your worst fears never happened. <laughs> you know, like all the things that you were afraid that were going to happen and that you worried about and you got sick about, they didn't happen. And if they did happen, they didn't happen the way you thought they were going to. So like you're only making yourself suffer by having anxiety about things that aren't taking place. Mind you, if you're experiencing something heavy in your experience, like you're, you're, there was a car accident or you're in a car accident or whatever it is, being in the experience is emotionless. We assign emotions to the experience based on our understanding and based on how we reflect into that experience. But the experience itself doesn't have any emotion. And the reason that you can you could really connect to that is because people across the board are going to look at the same situations very different ways. They're going to look at the same situations with different emotions. So there isn't like one defined emotion for any circumstance. So that's why we have to look inside of ourselves like what emotions am I assigning to these experiences? Because you're an all-powerful creator. So if you're a person that's creating anxiety, it's because a part of you wants to experience anxiety. And you'll be like, why would I want to experience anxiety? Like, I don't know. Why do you keep creating that for yourself? Because those events aren't happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one part of it. The other thing um, which you had mentioned about um, what was it? There was like the anxiety and uh, something else. I forget now. The inner calm and like react like reaction. Yeah. So the reaction thing, when we're, um, when we're in a place of observation, we don't need to have a reaction. Somebody could literally scream in our face. It doesn't mean that we need to scream back. And this is where I wanted to go. Thank you for reminding me. That was awesome. Hurt people hurt people. So if you're, if you're like spewing venom at somebody like before or after, if it's too late, ask yourself, like, why was I so hurt that I acted like this? Like, what hurt me so bad? Like, why did I feel this hurt that I felt like I had to hurt them? So, like, I use this metaphor. It's like, if a person is on fire in themselves, like they're suffering within themselves, right? And they spew some hatred towards someone else. The first person that was burning was them. So they kicked up that fire by spitting that fire at someone else. Now they burnt that other person. Now that person if they got burned, is going to throw gasoline on both of your fires and now both of you guys are going to get kicked up. So this person insults you, you get fired up, you insult them, they're more fired up, you're just pouring gasoline on each other to the point where you will literally get burnt out. You know, you'll be at the point where it's either like like fight or flight or extreme emotional discourse, you know, and and it'll be it'll be rough for everybody. But if you're a person that uses meditation consistently, when that person spits the fire at you, you're fireproof. You're not even flammable. And from that space, you can offer healing. So instead of you being lit up by it, you can offer them the coolness. You can offer them the calm from your state of being. You can see why it is that they're upset and you can point them toward their own healing and bring them back in. So instead of you becoming like an accelerant, you de-escalate the situation. And then in that moment is healing. And in that moment is transformation, because if they did it once, they could do it again. And you might have been the person that was the catalyst for the change that propelled them in a whole new evolutionary state. And all it took was for you to put your ego aside and realize that no matter what this person is saying, it doesn't threaten your identity. It doesn't threaten your understanding of who you are, 
because you know yourself as love. You know yourself as soul. You know yourself as being connected to God at all times and all ways. And even the way this person is communicating to you is happening for you, for you to experience yourself as God in this moment. So like we have to start taking ourselves seriously in that regard where it's like, what am I creating? How am I expressing myself as God? Like if I'm a divine creator, if I'm unlimited as a creator and you are, how am I choosing to react within these moments? Because I have unlimited options. And some of us have played out the same options our whole lives and we're bored of it. I really resonate with, um, with everything that you just said. I think you are spot on. And um, I think that sometimes being able to be the calm in like a situation um, that you normally would not have been can also really change the dynamic in a relationship between two people um, or the dynamic in just a situation in general. And um, I, I feel like that can be really, really beneficial, especially when it does come to a relationship such as like a marriage or something like that, because you know, you're so conditioned to always having the same kind of argument or the same kind of reactions. And when you kind of you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So then when something does change, it can really um, create a, a really impactful and positive change. So I think that's another really big, important benefit of just being in the calm, which, you know, like I said, I've been getting from the meditating um, other than kind of like the out of body um, experience stuff, which is like, obviously not going to happen for someone who's just like, meditating on more of a basic level like I do but um and you know lessening the anxiety what other benefits are there when it comes to meditation for those who just don't really know too much about it yeah like one thing and and you know it's funny we started out on like the fringe like the super far out there on on out-of-body experiences and, and stuff and and I'm glad that you are bringing it back to just like the the tangible aspects of meditation and what it means for your life one thing about meditation is it brings you into awareness of the state of your body, the state of your emotions and the state of your thoughts. So like you might go weeks, months or years carrying one emotion. Then you go into meditation, you're like, holy cow, like I've been feeling this one thing this whole time. Like I didn't need to feel this. I've, I've been carrying this weight, this energetic weight in myself. So the meditation will allow you to see what feeling state you've been in, what thoughts you've been carrying and how you've been uh, holding psychic energy within your vessel this whole time. So one of the things that I teach people a very, very, very basic meditation, a very basic meditation is to close your eyes, take a deep breath and just feel safe. Feel as safe as you can feel safe within your body, feel safe within your mind feel safe within your emotions. Now, while you're feeling safe, feel into your heart center and feel as much love as you can. You can think of a loved one or a pet or a memory. Just feel the love that you're creating in this moment. Even if it's only a little bit, just feel into it. And in your mind, feel safe within that energy and feel love in your heart. Now, while you're feeling safe and loving, just bring yourself into awareness and feel the connection that you've made within yourself. Notice the stillness of your mind. Notice the stillness of your emotions and notice the quality of your energy. 
this is a basic understanding with enormous transformative quality. I'm sure in yourself, Christine, because I feel it right now, I feel like an enormous calm. I feel very centered, very empowered, and very in control. Extremely, extremely. So I suggest, um, you know, anyone who is listening, just if you need to pause and rewind and like get in a comfortable spot and like kind of go through that little guided meditation. And even if you need to do it a couple of times or do it, you know, once or twice a day and just start because you don't know where to start. I think that that's a really good starting point. So thank you so much for sharing that, Sean. Yeah, it's my honor and it is a privilege to share this work. And that meditation is like the, that, that meditation was a snippet of an, of an actual longer meditation that is designed to align the chakra centers energetically to bring you into your higher consciousness. But for the sake of like time on the show, just those aspects alone are enough to give somebody stability within their energetic field and to offer them a sensation of being that they didn't have previously, because that's what this is about. It's not about having these like grandiose metaphysical experiences. It's not about pulling the card that changes your life. It's not about that revelation. It's about healing and it's about being in a state that brings you comfort and ease and joy within your everyday life. Yes, the spiritual mystical experiences are there. Yes, like there are abilities and yes, tarot and crystals and and Don't psychicness. be hating on my cards and crystals. I'm loving them now. I'm loving them. <laughs> Transform me. But like, you know, like my whole point is that like those things are out there. But if you can't change and shift who you are within yourself and apply that to your life in every single moment, then you're missing out on the glory that you are. And the tools and will not be you, as effective. Right. And the tools will not be the tools are only as as valuable as the skills of the wielder. And the way that we hone our skills is by connecting to our inner light, our inner love, and our connectedness to the universe. And the universe isn't afraid. The universe isn't scared. God's not afraid. God chose to be you. God chose to use you as a conduit of experience. Like what an exalted honor that it is to be a human being. And the universe always has your back. The universe is its own back too. It wouldn't sabotage itself. That's right. So now if people want to dive deeper into this and they want to work with you and they want to hear more from you, where can they find you and what kinds of things will they find? Yeah, thanks for asking. So you guys can uh, find me on Instagram. It's Sean Energy, S-H-A-W-N Energy. Um, it's the word one underscore world underscore peace is, uh, is the name on Instagram. Under there is like a link tree. You can see a lot of my things. Um, you can go to my website, which is the word one, one world peace dot online. And on there, um, you can see basically what it is that I offer, um, guided meditation, also healing work. I can help you activate your own energy channels and, and teach you how to use your energetic abilities that exist beyond your physical body, how to develop your psychic ability. Um, basically I'm a one-stop shop for whatever it is that you're, that you're looking for. In your spiritual growth and i offer like 30 minute sessions one hour sessions and it's all donation based i don't put a price tag between people and their evolution so um the, it's a donation based offering and uh like you mentioned i have the youtube the uh cosmic temple on youtube so and you guys could email me directly at, at sean at oneworldpeace.online if you guys want any um coaching services or even if you just want like uh to talk to somebody about your spiritual experiences and uh, make sure you check out my podcast as well, Monk on the Mountain. 
where I was uh, fortunate to have Christine on and, and, and other spiritual practitioners just to talk about their experiences and just to make you feel like you're not alone in this infinite cosmic journey that we're on. Thank you so much, Sean, for joining me today. Thank you for sharing. Everybody, you need to go and check Sean out. I am telling you, it will be life-changing. Um, I know that it has affected my life in such a positive way. Um, again, Sean, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I hope that we can connect again soon. Thank you. The pleasure is, is all mine. I love you, Christine. I appreciate your platform. And thank you for the work that you do. And thank you to anybody else uh, who's listening to this show. And, and I honor your journey. Absolutely. Love you too. Bye, Sean. Bye-bye. So as I said, I wanted to do a quick oracle card reading for the collective for all my listeners. And it always amazes me how it somehow directly connects with the podcast. So um, the cards that came up were feast, slow down and celebrate yourself. So self-care, doing things for you that make you happy doing things that will bring about peace and calm for you. Maybe things like meditating or yoga or other sorts of rituals. Um, so definitely make sure that you're taking time to slow down and celebrate yourself. And when you're meditating, you're slowing down, right? You're slowing down those thoughts. You're ridding those thoughts. You're slowing down your body and you're kind of just, um, being and being present in the moment. Um, so definitely slow down and celebrate yourself. Also, the tower card. So you need to unplug and relax for a little bit. And what is meditating? It's when you're literally unplugging from all of your thoughts and the craziness that is your life and relaxing for a little while. So these tie in completely to this episode. And that is just even more validation that, um, you know, if you're interested in it, you definitely need to um, check Sean out. Um, and if you want to get into meditating, if you have questions for me, I can try to help you answer, uh, you know, some of them on the basics or, you know, again, Sean, great, great, great um, resource uh, there for anything meditation and spiritual, really. Um, the next card is red, forgive. And this came up last time. So forgiveness seems to be an ongoing theme. And you need to not only forgive those who deserve forgiveness around you, but also forgive yourself. Because it's really hard to love yourself if you don't forgive yourself. Um, the next card is the escapist come home to yourself. So basically be grounded, do what feels right for you, be true to you. Um, and then the next card is tree, let them go. Whatever is bringing you down, making you feel sad, making you not feel like you, um, are worthy, um, any negative feelings, anyone who is bringing that anxiety, uh, worry, um, insincerity, um, 
anything that anyone or any situation that is bringing negativity into your life, you need to let them go, let it go. Um, you need to just release what no longer serves you. And um, again, this is another repeating card. Uh, so gold, you don't need someone else to fix you. Everything that you need to be the best version of you is already inside of you. So you do not need to rely on other people for happiness. You do not need to rely on other people for confidence. You do not need to rely on other people for self-awareness, um, self-love, self-care, inner peace. You do not need to rely on anyone besides yourself because you have it all within you. So I absolutely love how these cards correlated with the whole uh, theme of this podcast. It's crazy how it always seems to do that. Um, as me and Sean talked about the synchronicities, just the alignment is crazy. And um, I thank you all for connecting today. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Moments with Manifesting Mama R.I. Again, you can find me on Instagram at Manifesting Mama R.I. And um, if you have any questions, if you're interested in a reading, any of my ritual kits, if you would like to collaborate here on the podcast, just reach out. Um, and I cannot wait to connect with you guys next time. So until next time, positive vibes, love and light coming your way. Take care.